0: Hi everyone, Amberly here. I just have a couple of announcements to share, and then we will get into the episode. Uh, First, I would like to give a shout out to our new patrons, Morgan, Coco, and Leslie. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate you. Um, I would also like to share that we are donating 15% of our proceeds from any Hearth & Hedge merch to the Trevor Project this quarter. We are also doing a reading challenge fundraiser in the month of September for the same charity. The Trevor Project is the world's largest suicide prevention and crisis intervention organization for LGBTQ youth. You can find them online at thetrevorproject.org or you can call them at 212-695-8650. Hello and welcome to the Hearth and Hatch podcast. My name is Amberly.
1: And I am Margot. And we are very happy to have you here. Absolutely. All right. We just had uh, kind of a roller coaster. We, we <laughs> tried and record two consecutive episodes back to back. And when it was time to start the second episode, all hell broke loose. Sound stopped working. We had to do computer restarts. Yep. Change computers. <laughs> But we hung in there and we made it work. Are we in the shadow um, of retrograde yet? Of Mercury retrograde or not yet? Because it feels like it.
0: I don't know. It does kind
1: of feel like it. Is there a shadow of the shadow, which is basically all every day of life? Every day of the year. Yes, 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 yes.
0: Fucking technology. All right. Let's do this. All right. So you wanna let everyone know what what our new our new sitch is?
1: Yeah. So this is the first of our new series for Beginner Witches. Um, We had a really amazing response to our Beginner Witch episode, um, the things we wish we knew as Beginner Witches, Mm -hmm. and we decided um, it would be really great if we could create a series that was geared towards Beginner Witches, um, kind of, you know, 101 type topics But um, that is still very useful to even experience witches because it's always important to brush up on the basics, you know, whenever you can. For sure. So we definitely hope that this will be appealing to everyone. But this is our first in the Beginner Witch series, and it is going to be on protection magic, specifically protection magic, wards, uh, reversals, those things. Yep. All right. So this is what we're going to do. But before, before we do that, before we do that, Amberly, I have... A really important question to ask you. What is that? What are you drinking? <laughs> I am
0: drinking Thai iced tea. Oh. But, but notice the color. Uh, it's like teal. It's teal. Yes. So normally when you go to the Thai restaurants and you get a Thai iced tea, it's like bright ass orange. Okay. Right? Um. But it's that color because of artificial dyes. Oh. Uh. So I found this tea on Amazon and it's actually colored with uh, butterfly pea flower, but it tastes the same. That's it's amazing. just pretty in
1: blue. <laughs> I love it. It actually looked like, like a teal milkshake kind of in your yeah. glass. Yeah. I
0: love that.
1: So they also really? have
0: it in, in pink so you can get either color.
1: Amazing. We really have the necessary – we have all the ingredients to do color in a natural way. Um, yeah. Butterfly pea flower is so pretty. Okay. Yeah, it's much prettier than that
0: weird, like, toxic orange color that you <laughs> normally get.
1: <laughs> I had no idea. I hate learning about new things that I like and think are yummy that aren't that great for me. But I, guess I know, right? I guess it's important. <laughs> what um, are you drinking? So my – I'm also drinking tea, but mine is just like – a like a brown color, <laughs> <laughs> normal <laughs> fucking tea color. Usual <laughs> <Beautiful> tea color. <laughs> it is vitamin C shine by Celestial Seasonings, uh, and I also threw in a uh, a bag of green tea as well, just to get my extra antioxidants in there. Um, it's really yummy. It rack- It really has like that orange flavor that. I sometimes crave because I don't really drink orange juice mm-hmm. um, because the amount of sugar that's packed into it always freaks me out. I'd rather just eat an orange, you know, but I don't right. have any. So this vitamin C shine tea has that flavor that I'm really looking for. It's it's pretty delicious, actually. This is not an ad. I just I just want to talk about my tea. All right.
0: Yeah, that's totally OK. Um, Celestial Seasonings does not disappoint, man. No way. I love their whole zinger line. Mm. That is like the the tangerine zinger is so good iced. Yeah. It's the most refreshing iced tea in the summer when it's super hot. And I'm actually, I have not made it once this summer. And mm-hmm. I now am angry with myself. Well, it's about a million degrees outside. So it's the perfect time. I know. And then tomorrow it's supposed to, we have the cold, the cold front.
1: I hope that travels up to where I am. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to drop a little bit soon. It has to. Yeah,
0: it's supposed to be like 80 something for the next few days, like and temperatures in the 60s at night, which is crazy.
1: This time of that. year.
0: I know. I I'm like that. I can't fucking wait. I'm like come on hoodies.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just want a good good 2 months of that and then I want like a good two months of beautiful fall weather maybe three months would be ideal mm-hmm. but it doesn't typically yeah. happen in new jersey it's usually like we pretty much have winter and summer with spring mm-hmm. and fall wedged in between them these days right and i just want more spring and fall damn it yeah
0: that's how <laughs> i feel i want more spring and fall unless this... well i you know what i just want less summer i hate summer
1: yeah i always think it's perfectly honest and i hope i don't offend anyone i always think it's weird when anyone chooses either summer or winter as their favorite season i'm like (laughs) so we've got dangerously cold dangerously hot and then really great shit in between like who was picking these like extreme this extreme weather and being like oh yeah i love that i love that i love almost dying (laughs)
0: I feel like it's surfers and snowboarders. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I just, <laughs> I just really love fall and I really love spring. Or jet skiers and and snowmobilers, yeah. <laughs> which I think are, are probably are, the same people. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're in their twenties. They're still having hot girl summers. Like, I guess I can, I guess I can respect that.
0: Yeah, summer um, used to be
1: my favorite. Oof, but you know what? I've anymore. always. had. I've always had issues with getting um, eaten alive by mosquitoes. So I've never Mm. really loved it all that much. I just, I just can't comfortably hang out outside.
0: Yeah. Well, when I loved summer, I lived in New Mexico and it's so dry there. I mean, there are, there are bugs, there are mosquitoes, but it's nothing like here on the East coast. Yeah. You can live without having bug spray.
1: I don't know what that's
0: like. Well, I I don't remember. Yeah. (laughs) Because I can't go outside without it now. Yeah, same.
1: All right. Well, uh, are you reading anything interesting lately? You know what? Um,
0: so actually, I was going to tell you about Blackthorn's Protection Magic, and I will tell you about it. It's a great book. Uh, it's a witch's guide to mental and physical self-defense, which is super cool. I love that about this book. She talks about actual mundane shit, which I love, uh, by any Blackthorn. That's really cool. And then, um, but I just, I have had this crazy obsession with this fiction author, C.J. Archer of late. I am now on, I think, the fourth series that I've started of hers. Like, I completed three, so I've just started a fourth series of hers. And she just writes such fun Pez books, you know? cool so i started the first three are like uh historical who done it right okay yes, and then fun. this one is actually a fantasy
1: series so oh. so she just yeah. writes whatever she wants i love that yeah and she's amazing i always get the impression that like as a, as an author <laughs> which i am not so i don't know shit but i always got the impression that like once you write a book and it sells well and it's received well, the publishers kind of put the pressure on you to stay within that genre. Right. And it's difficult for authors to just jump to a different genre and do whatever they want. But the Mm -hmm. fact that that's exactly what she's doing, that's amazing. I love that.
0: Well, I think that she's lucky because her historical whodunits also incorporate a little bit of magic in them. So they're not completely one genre. Right. So then she can kind of, Smart. You know? Smart. Do what the fuck she wants. Uh, She's just such a well-selling author. I'm I'm sure she can say, um, I'm going to do what I want to do,
1: you know? Absolutely. I need to check her out. This is the first time I'm hearing about her. She's amazing. Okay. I'm going to check it out. I love. Yeah. All of her
0: books are available on Hoopla, which is like a, a library app. Okay, And you can get them all for free. You know, you just check them out like you would at a library, but it's on your phone.
1: Very cool. I like that. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. I like that even the historical, like, mystery has some magic in it because that's it just sounds like my jam. So. I'm yeah. Yeah. What about you? What are you reading? So I haven't started it yet. Um, if you are a member of the Patreon, then you know that we are taking a short break from the book club because Amberlee and I have a. A lot of shit going on uh leading up to you know amberley has the scottish games and then we both have anahata's purpose following that so it, it would just be really difficult to stay on track with everything so we decided to take a break from book club until we get back from anahata's purpose and i'm going to use that time to um really dive into some books that i've been meaning to review um and i thought this was appropriate because we're starting the beginner series and this book the path of the hedge witch by joanna vanderhoven feels um like it is very geared towards a beginner
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but is also um also has some information that uh, i you know i could totally be discovering for the first time it is a simple natural magic and the art of hedge riding I love the cover. The artwork is so adorable. It's got this beautiful illustration of a young witch and she's got the classic witch hat on and a cloak and it's blowing the wind. There's a black cat crossing her path and there's this gnarled, looks like an old oak tree with like the leaves mm. blowing away. It looks very autumn-y. Like <laughs> show me a beautiful cover and I'm just done. I'm a sucker. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm really looking forward to reading this one and I hope to get through it quickly, write a review and, you know, we'll be sharing our reviews on our website as well as mm-hmm. our book review sort of project, social media account over on Instagram. It's Witch in words. So I'm hoping that yeah. I can do that and then jump into the next. Yeah,
0: that's really exciting. And I actually have that one to review too. So it would be interesting for us to have like a little discussion about it. Nice. How we we feel about it.
1: Absolutely. Maybe
0: we could post that on Patreon as some extra.
1: Oh, yeah. You know? Because we're not going to leave our Patreons high and dry while we're on our break. We're still going to post stuff. We just are taking a break from, like, deep diving into a book and doing our weekly, you know, video discussions. It'll just help Mm -hmm. our lives a lot right now, but we are still going to make sure that they get all the content that they deserve, baby. Absolutely. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's just for the next month. We're
1: just slammed.
0: Fucked. Yeah. That's, that's the word I wanted to say. (laughs) My son's always like, watch your profanity. (laughs) I'm I'm like, fuck (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's for you to say. (laughs) I know. Right. All right, so let's crack crack into protection magic. I kind of wanted to start off um, with a reading of a few paragraphs from Christopher Penzach's The Witch's Shield, Protection Magic and Psychic Self-Defense. His is one of the first books that was specifically about protection magic that I read. Um, and a lot of what he teaches in this book really stuck with me throughout my entire practice. So if that's okay, I'd like to just read these paragraphs because I figure the place to start is just to, to describe protection magic and why we need it. But um, yeah, for sure. I really like the way he does that. So I'll do that right now. Here I go. Great. So chapter one, who's afraid of the big bad wolf? And I'm going to skip around. I'm not reading this, um, you know, in its entirety, just so mm-hmm. you know. Why do we need protection magic? Many magical rituals, first and foremost, the witch's circle, have strong elements of protection in their wording, even if the spell is for love, money, or healing. So invariably, someone asks, why do we need protection? What's out there to get us? Is this magic dangerous? Unfortunately, there are no answers to these questions. Thoughts turn to the Hollywood horror films of demons, devils, and evil spirits. Such propaganda and stereotypes, which were perpetuated during the Dark and Middle Ages by the dominant religion and then brought to life through movie special effects, poison the magical heart. They prevent us from feeling the magical rhythms of life. By our very nature, as embodiments of the divine, we seek a magical life, but few of us ever find it or believe it is really possible. Because the exaggerated horrors perpetuated over the last 2,000 years by religious leaders, reductionist science, and the media. This disconnection from the magic of life is one of the great problems facing the world today. Regardless of their personal spiritual path, most people don't feel connected to the patterns and cycles of life, and therefore can ignore the destruction we face as a species. Without the magical life, as portrayed in The Highest Arts of Witchcraft and Paganism, humanity does not assume the role of caretaker, guardian, and partner with nature. Lack of this crucial crucial identity has led to the current spiritual crisis at the heart of this problem, and it is the fear of magic. We, as a society, call the magical world the occult the word occult has garnered sinister implications. Be aware if your kids are involved in the occult, they're turning to evil forces. I remember that when I was a teenager, my parents were told by a good God-fearing woman that my interest in science fiction, fantasy, and role-playing games such as Dungeons & Dragons would turn me to the devil because they were part of the occult. But these outlets were the only things that fed my magical soul. Even though they are fiction and not true magic, such... Books, art, and music can sustain people who are seeking a magical life, even if they don't know precisely what they are seeking. New age books and stores were not readily available when I was a teenager, and even if they were, I was not in place to appreciate them. I was brainwashed by society to believe that at best, such things are only fantasy and folklore that have no basis in real experiences, or at worst, these games and books are tools of the devil." The word occult is not synonymous with the word evil, it means hidden or obscured from view and refers to information that is not generally known, found, or easy to understand. All the mystical arts are traditionally the province of those few who are interested in them. Most people are more worried about day-to-day survival and fulfillment and have less interest in intense introspection, meditation, and spirituality, which are the keys to a rewarding mystical practice in any tradition. This uh, the occult is the mystery of life that must be brought into view to be understood. We call magic, psychic abilities, divination, and spirit work supernatural. But what does that mean? Supernature is the natural world in its more heightened and magical state. The word supernatural connotes something out of this world and unnatural. It is anything but. When one taps into the supernatural, one is tapping into the primal nature that runs through everything and everyone that is divinity in action. There is nothing more natural than magic, for it is our human partnership with the natural forces. Fear of magic is really the fear of our own personal power and responsibility. It is usually easier to give such things away to an institution, religion, or society, but such a lack of awareness leads to an imbalance. We have covered this imbalance with our many images of the Boogeyman, the mysterious evil force, the devil, the archetypal big bad wolf knocking at our door, threatening our lives. Even our fear-based images are ripe with our disconnection of the truth. Darkness is the symbol of life, the womb of the goddess. The horned pagan gods are often protectors and fathers. The wolf is a powerful animal of protection. If we knew these magical realities, our fears would dissolve away. The truth of the matter is that magic, ritual, and spell work is no more dangerous than walking across the street. If you live in a busy city, that could be fairly dangerous, yet you still do it. The key is safety. All things in life carry some inherent risks. If anyone tells you otherwise, they are lying. You never know for certain where danger can come from, but you don't let that fear prevent you from living your life. When you cross the street, you look both ways. You watch the lights and stay alert. If you do this, then you most likely will have a safe experience crossing the street. If you don't, then you might have an accident. Magic is the same way. The majority of the time, all is safe if you are educated and careful. You will be fine. Protection and psychic defenses are like having the tools you need in case things don't go according to your plan. Ideally, you will never need them. But like a good Boy Scout or Girl Scout, you are prepared they are skills you will learn, possess and grow with and soon they will become second nature to your magical way of life. You will live a protected magical life always wherever you go.
0: Nice. Well said. Well said.
1: I, yeah, I really like that because you know, that's basically what we want to address here and how we want to address it, especially mm-hmm. as it pertains to beginner witches. Not to fearmonger or perpetuate that Hollywood depiction of evil which is simply a fiction. It's to speak on it based on what it really is, a safety net just in case you need it and the smart and simple precautions that you should take when you enter into the, a life of magic. Because all that being said, and even though it isn't super likely to happen to you on a regular day-to-day basis, psychic attack is real. I mean, you could even do it to yourself accidentally with negative mm-hmm. self-talk and a harmful attitude. People give themselves cross-conditions, also, yeah. people can accidentally cast what many of us refer to as the evil eye or mal ojo at you without even realizing it. Envy can be harmful. And then on much rarer occasions, there are people who fully just throw nastiness your way by way of prayer, hex work, or simply bad mouthing. And there is a chance that you might attract a less than welcome entity that may try to enter your home or attach itself to you. I feel like I'm contradicting everything I just read and said at the beginning, but I really haven't. Just yeah. as it, just as I said in the reading, yes, these things um, are unlikely, and but they can happen. So why not equip yourself with the skills and the know-how to deal with it if it does happen?
0: For sure, for sure. And I think that you probably have more chance of being caught up with somebody's negative energy toward you than encountering an entity that wants to attach itself to you
1: <laughs> yes yes like I yeah. said pe- people don't even know they're doing it sometimes mm-hmm. so yep, yep. all right
0: it's important to talk about mundane protection when we are also talking about magical or psychic protection yes uh, you can do all the warding in the world but if you leave the door open while you're sleeping it's not going to help. In this day and age, there are so many ways that we can easily add to our physical security at any price point imaginable. So you, you don't have to spend uh, thousands of dollars. You can easily afford to get extra security for your home. Uh, security cameras and alarm systems are no longer something only the rich and famous can afford. You can be fa- They can be found in most homes now, and they are a welcome addition uh, to mine. I also think that learning a form of physical self defense is important, especially if you find yourself alone in situations where you may be vulnerable. On the flip side, avoiding those situations where you make yourself vulnerable to harm is definitely a best practice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Of course, sometimes these things are unavoidable, so knowing what to do in an emergency situation is key. Uh, You should be having discussions with your family as well about what to do in an emergency, and that will increase the likelihood of survival when tragedy strikes. Your family should know how to get out of the house if there is a fire in certain places in the house, and additional, you know, exit routes. Um, And you should have a meeting point outside of your house that everyone knows to go to once they are out of the house. Children are taught at an early age to call nine one one when there is an emergency, but They should also know their home address (laughs) so that they can tell the dispatcher where to go. In this age of cellular phones, it can't be assumed that they will know where you are if you call from a cell phone. Also, in this age of cell phones, children should be taught to remember their parents' phone numbers. Uh, If I lost my phone, I would know how to call exactly five people. Uh, My husband, my kids, my aunt, and my cousin. That's
1: pretty good. That's pretty good. I know. I I I only know. know (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, I know. I know two numbers because I also know 911. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I could call myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know my number. <laughs> um, I only know my aunt and my cousin's numbers because I memorized them long before cells were normal. Oh, I could also call my elementary school friend's phone, but I don't think that will help. If I need Mm -hmm. assistance in emergency, (laughs) Um, that being said, I'm going to get off my soapbox. I just, I think it's really important that the physical security aspect is heated Mm -hmm. when we start talking about protection.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Um, I don't know how many times I've said in previous episodes, how important it is to match your magical efforts with your real world Mm -hmm. efforts. And this is exactly that. So
0: absolutely. Yeah, you can go pee on the corner of your property,
1: but you still need to lock your door. (laughs) Although, I wonder how many intruders would run from someone trying to pee on them. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) All right. All right. So I'm glad you covered that, actually. Um, The physical, the real world efforts are are extremely important. And yeah. echo your magical efforts and have them working together is incredible, incredible magic. For sure. So what are some basic methods of protection magic and psychic defense that we use? You know, I, I tend to think they start off very, very basic with the self and then they slowly build up and outward kind of like you start with grounding and learning the fundamentals and the importance of grounding and centering as a way of protection for your own energy your aura. Um, Then you learn to put up mental defenses. Um, Then you employ tangible methods of protection like amulets or charms that you might carry with you. Um, Then you begin practicing home protection with wards and spell bottles and boundary workings. And then you begin to learn about the use of reversal magic in case something gets through or uncrossing when you feel that there's energy shifts um, that could be causing harm. And before you know it, you know, you know your shit. (laughs) I've created protection amulets out of necklaces, um, added them to my keys, and even made sprays and oils to wear on my body. Uh, I've made witches bottles and placed them around my house. I've done boundary wards using things like railroad spikes. I have placed wards um, throughout my house. I have fired off reversal candles if I felt something was really off. And just as a disclaimer, no. I'm not worried about any blowback, and I'm not concerned if anyone has ever sent anything my way and then had to deal with it returning to them. It's why I don't throw hexes willy-nilly, and quite frankly, that's why I think nobody should, because you might end up only hurting yourself. Anyway, if you've recently hexed certain Supreme Court members, though, or the patriarchy... some hyssop steeped in olive oil is a great way to cleanse yourself afterwards. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So what are some basics that you would, what would you consider basics that you think everyone should start with? Well, definitely grounding, Mm -hmm. I think is important to do.
0: I mean, even if it's, you can do it several times a day. Sometimes you just need Mm -hmm. some grounding. (laughs) Carrying charms, I think is a pretty simple way to 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 go even if it's just like a lucky rock you know yeah or you know a necklace that your kid gave you or you know a little I I carry a little mini retablos I don't know if you know what a retablo is but it's like a small prayer card right and the ones I have are are painted beautifully and they're on wood and I carry those in my purse yeah just I think charms are really are
1: really great and yeah they're a great way to start Mm mm-hmm um, I was just going to say about what you said about grounding um, is absolutely consider- – I I think it absolutely should be considered part of your protection magic arsenal because going back to kind of like the mundane protections, um, you could think of it in, in, in terms of let's say somebody approaches you with a really shitty attitude. Are they going to throw you off because you're not grounded or are they going to have – hardly any effect on you because you're grounded as all hell. You've been practicing Mm -hmm. that. You don't, you're not even affected because you're just, your energy is like on point because you've been grounding and centering and you know exactly Mm -hmm. that they're trying to rustle your feathers and it's just not going to work right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I definitely need to take my own uh,
1: advice on that sometimes, but grounding is super important. And then on the magical side of that, once you get down, you know, once you get the whole grounding and centering down, you build upon that. So say, for example, the grounding method that I like to use is I will sit um, and this is a very this is a very common grounding method. I will imagine roots growing from basically my spinal cord. Uh, Or it could be your feet, whatever you're comfortable with, if you're sitting or standing. But I will imagine roots growing from my spinal cord down into the earth, all the way to the earth's core. And I will, once I feel that that has actually happened, I will start to either draw energy that I need or release excess energy that I don't need, especially if it's feeling like it's harmful or negative energy. I will actually put that into the earth where it will be cleansed and restored into something better. And I will borrow energy that is more helpful that I can use. From there, I'll also imagine, now I'm basically a tree, because I'm imagining branches, just as the roots go down in the earth, branches are coming out and spreading up into the sky and spreading and spreading and spreading. Now I can also take energy from above. This is energy from the source. This is universal you know, life-giving energy. And I can release things or take things down into me. Um, And this is also a good way of centering because you can consider yourself one in between Mm -hmm. that source energy and that earth energy and really just settle yourself in between in the middle in that liminal space and just release everything that doesn't serve, borrow what you need that does, when you get used to doing that, then you can start getting a sense of your own personal energy fields and you can start putting up basically like protective barriers around you mm-hmm. that will deflect anything that's coming your way. Some people like to imagine themselves inside an eggshell, like in an egg-shaped aura of protection. Um, some people like to imagine that they're Their protective aura is actually like diamond hard, like they're inside a crystal. Other people like to imagine it more flexible and able to bounce things off. You know, you really have to decide what works for you, what's easy for you to visualize, what feels like it's working. And then that is really, in my opinion, like the beginnings of protection magic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What is
1: your what is your bubble? If you don't mind me asking. Um, My bubble is, so I actually, I can't remember who suggested this. I wish I could. I feel really bad about that. But I imagine it kind of coming from my heart energy Mm -hmm. and growing outward to completely encompass me. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, to me, it almost reminds me of like heat waves. You know when you can see heat, like when you open Mm -hmm. your car door and you can see the hot air kind of swirling? Whoops, I hit the mic to me it it feels like these this wavy subtle energy of heat that is not but it's not willing to mix with other energies it is mm-hmm. completely on its own not blending with other energies and not allowing anything in and it's just like a warm protection that is emanating from my my heart my heart space nice i like to ask that question
0: because everybody has kind of a different yeah, visualization. How about yours? Mine is more like you know at the beginning of The Wizard of Oz when Glinda comes in in her bubble.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's exactly how mine looks to me. It's like a I like, like that. a bubble, like the like the different colors that swirl on a soap bubble.
1: I like that a lot. That's cool, but f- more pliable or firm or, yes, not yeah. so easily popped.
0: <laughs> not not easy to pop. No, it's it's
1: uh, definitely not easy to pop. Yeah. The energy bubble. Mm -hmm. So basically you would move on from grounding and centering and getting Mm -hmm. to know your energy and learning to build an energetic shield. And then, like you said, charms are a really great first step for tangible Mm -hmm. protection energy. Yes.
0: I was going to say just having that physical thing to hold can sometimes help you ground and center because you're like, I don't know, I have one that hangs in my car and I touch it every time I get in and I go on a long drive because I get nervous when I have a long drive I grab that and I'm like okay I know I'm good
1: you know absolutely that yeah that's great I love that I I, I do the same thing I'll have well I mean I'm doing it right now I have a whole collection of bracelets on my left. Wrist. I like to put them on my left if I need something, if I want to mm-hmm. receive something, and I want to put them on my right if I want to send something out. So I actually have um, dragon's blood jasper beads um, for strength, garnet for grounding, and my evil eye bracelet on my left. And then I have <laughs> I have a rose quartz that is currently on my left, but I frequently switch it over to my right when I feel that I could be a little more loving and kinder with the people that I'm about to encounter. Oh, <laughs> uh, smart, smart, smart. But yeah, That's things like idea. that, they, they, they really help, you know, yeah. I believe that they give off um, certain energies that assist us. Um, if you have trouble believing that, then you can think of it as a, just a reminder, you know, a reminder to stay grounded and a reminder, reminder to find your strength and a reminder to be kind, you know? Yeah. For sure. Have you ever charged any jewelry,
0: any protective jewelry? I charge my jewelry, but not really with the intention of keeping it as protection. Mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned before, like I put my wedding ring in a bowl, a selenite bowl, every night to cleanse it of any negative energy from the day, because it's mm-hmm. something I wear every day, and I want it to be pure, because it, you know, it means something to me, and I love it. So that's. That's really the only charging I do of jewelry. Um, I will put them. I will put things in in my little selenite bowls to clean them.
1: Yeah, I like that. I have a couple pieces of jewelry that I think of as protective. One of them is one that I specifically picked out because it's a it's a silver sheen obsidian, mm-hmm. and it is wrapped in copper. And I I did the thing. I I charge the hell out of it for protection. And when I wear it, I feel very protected. And then there's certain things that just feel inherently protective. Um, for example, I have a necklace that is actually a blade um, that was crafted from a piece of iron. And it's wrapped with like a leather holder. Uh, Rachel actually has the exact same one. And she's the reason why I bought it um, at Beard Fest a couple months ago. It is a really amazing craftsman made it and I was so excited. I went, you know, when I went to beard fest, it was the last one left and I was like, that's mine. I'm buying it. And I remember her saying that it was one of the most protective things that she has that just feels protective. And I totally understand that. And I think, I think it has that because it's concealed, but it's got that like sharp edge about it that you don't even Mm -hmm. know is there. It's just inherently protective. So sometimes things just feel protective. You don't even have to, (laughs) you don't even have to to make it. So, Sorry. That's all right.
0: You can also get dogs. They're protective. Yeah, they are. (laughs) That's very cool, though. Very cool. So let's see. After charms and amulets. Sprays and oils, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely use sprays for sure. Um, I have this green goddess spray that Mm -hmm. I actually just really love the smell. And I'm going to be really sad when I run out of it. Um, I think they might but, have
1: more on the website actually. Oh
0: really? Okay, good. Yeah, they might they, they might have some available now. Okay, good. I love it. But every time anytime I'm feeling like, I don't know, just ick in any way, I put that on and bring in the energy
1: of the goddess. And I love that. Um, yeah. Absolutely for sure. I have a spray that I made a long time ago when I listened to Okay, now I can't remember, but it was it was a hilarious, extremely entertaining episode of the witch bitch amateur hour and it was either the alang-alang episode or the jasmine episode but they basically explained that chanel number no. five is a variation of rose jasmine and alang and the reason why it's called number no. five is because it was the fifth sample that they were like that's the one and that's the that's what it is it's rose jasmine and alang-alang so I, um, after listening to that episode, decided to create a spray, and I used rose jasmine alang-alang, but then I also added a little bit of vanilla and a little bit of cinnamon, and I call it witch bitch number five. Nice. And something about it, every time I use it, I'm just like, yeah, I am ready for life. Ain't nothing going to get me. (laughs) So what do you use as your base for your sprays? I actually use vodka. Um, I will go buy one of those big jugs of cheap vodka and they usually look at me like I am a total loser at the register. (laughs) (laughs) I guess they think I'm going to drink it. Um, But I use that. So I will do like half vodka, half water, and then whatever oils that I am using to, you know, put, you know, those energies in with. And that's what I'll put in a spray bottle because the vodka keeps it from spoiling, Mm -hmm. keeps it fresh. And I find that it it preserves the natural oils much, much better than say like a rubbing alcohol or anything like that. Okay. Okay.
0: Nice. Nice. I asked that because my daughter the other day was like, mom, I want to make a perfume. I was
1: like, okay, but now I think I better go get some vodka. Yeah. Yeah. It works great. And then you can use it to, well, yeah. Yeah. If you get like a a really So there's a a really strong vodka that is, um, I think it's 50% alcohol. It's 100 proof. Yes. So it's 50% alcohol. I think Smirnoff makes it. And I also like to use that if I'm making tinctures because it makes the math really, really easy with it being 50% alcohol versus mm-hmm. like 40 or something else. So for because I hate math, it's just a great option for... All the things you might make with herbs and oils. (laughs) Yeah, math is dumb.
0: I mean, it's not because it's necessary, but also it is dumb.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, you can make anointing oils um, that are specifically for protection. Um, Those are fantastic. Just make sure that you're using ingredients that are safe for your skin. Mm -hmm. For example, you you would not put a fiery wall of protection oil on your skin. That's something that you would anoint objects with, particularly right. like doors and windows. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of protective ingredients you can work with. Um, any correspondence book will help you with that.
0: Yeah. And remember, if you are using an essential oil, you need to put it with a carrier oil. You need to dilute it. you putting it, it, in it on your body. Oil.
1: Absolutely. The only
0: essential oil that you could put on your body without a carrier oil is lavender. The yeah. rest of them have to have a carrier oil because yeah. otherwise you will burn your skin.
1: And even then, if you have really sensitive skin, who knows? So just just do, do the right thing by yourself and, and use a carrier oil. And, it, and it'll save you a lot of money because you don't need to use a lot. If you right. are using, um, for example, like essential oils, you only need a tiny bit at a time whenever you use it. And it's expensive in the first place. And it uses yeah. so much plant material to make just a little bit of essential oil. So really, you're you're doing literally the world a favor if you use a tiny bit of a to- at a time and end mm-hmm. up buying less of it because you're using carrier oils. Yeah. But I also like to just steep plant matter. It really, I just said earlier that I had uh, I, I like to use hyssop that steeped in olive oil because it's extremely cleansing and purifying. And by, you know, just by its cleansing and purifying properties alone, it's also protective, you know? So there's a lot of ways that you can create oils um, with or without essential oils. For sure. Yeah. So what do you think about uh, wards? Should we move on to wards?
0: Yeah. So I do wards. I draw sigils on all of my windows and all of my mirrors and all of my doors. I just use a little bit of Florida water. Yes. Florida water is fantastic for that. Yeah. I, I, I take moon water usually, and then I add Florida water and Usually I'll throw in rosemary because I love rosemary and I use it for almost everything. And I use a little bit of like maybe a tangerine oil or I'll toss some um, orange uh, peel in there or something citrusy because it just brings in happiness as well. Mm -hmm. And just anything that feels, feels right. And then I take a paintbrush or a Q-tip and I dip it in the water and I just draw that on all of the windows and then you can't see it, you know, and then also on our front door. um, I don't know if you noticed when you came, but there is, there is a a symbol of tear above our door or on our door actually. And it's in blood. Oh, I don't, I did not notice that. (laughs) I would have said Um,
1: something. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually in,
0: it's my husband's blood Uh because when we first put up that door, he cut himself and he was like, all right, well, let's just use this.
1: Yeah. So he drew here tear on the door. Time um, to magic it up. That's, yeah. that's seizing the opportunity right there.
0: Absolutely. I was like, all right, cool. So there's a little, uh, and our door is red, so it's not easily seen, but it is mm-hmm. there. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, that's what I do for my wards. What about you?
1: Uh, So I wish I could say that I knew this on my own because it's kind of a basic concept, but I really learned from Althea Sebastiani's book um, by Rust of Nail and Prick of Thorn Mm -hmm. um, that almost anything can be made into a ward. Um, She even has a whole section on sigils like you were just talking about. And that is so fantastic because they don't have to be these like strange objects that draw attention to themselves. They can just be any object sitting, you know, by a window or a door that you've charged with the purpose and intention of, you know, boundary protection. That's really and, interesting. Yeah. Any any uh, any item. And um, for the sake of giving credit where credit is due, I did – I read that amazing book after it was recommended on the podcast, In- Invoking Witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And then I also reviewed it, <laughs> which you can find on our website or on the social media platform, <laughs> uh, the social media account, Witch and Words. Uh, Sorry for the shameless plug. But um, so yeah, I have a bunch of items throughout the house that look completely just like a normal little piece of home decor. But they're they're charged as wards. And I I think that's great. I even have like wind chimes outside that are that are doing that. I have made witches bottles. I've made lots of different variations of witches bottles. Um, There's the kinds that there's the kind that's just filled with a lot of different herbs that are protective Mm -hmm. and placed around the house. And then there's the kind that is filled with broken glass and sharp objects and rusty nails and your own urine. I find that those are pretty effective. Mm -hmm. Um, The way they work is almost like drawing the negative or harmful energy or spirit to you, but not you, because something of yours is in that jar. Mm-hmm. And, you know most of the time it's your urine. We're not afraid yeah. to pee on things here. <laughs> and then and then that 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 energy or that spirit is trapped in the jar with all those sharp mm-hmm. objects and and doesn't reach you because that that object is kind of like a decoy. Mm-hmm. And that's how it works. Yeah. And if also- you are squeamish about
0: urine, you can use hair or fingernail clippings or spit. Mm-hmm. I know one of our, one of our coven mates uses spit in her, um,
1: in her words. Yeah, spit works just as well. Um, another way that urine can be used other than as a decoy is kind is, you know, the most obvious way, which is to mark your territory. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done kind of boundary setting rituals that included railroad spikes, Florida water, fire, and urine. Mm-hmm. And those are placed in the four farthest corners of my property and, Typically when you have wards in your house, you will go about after a certain amount of time and refresh them by recharging them with, Mm -hmm. you know, your protection, energy, and intention. Um, And you can do that mentally when they're outside somewhere. You know, it's – like I said, when you start off like focusing on your grounding and centering skills and your visualization and your your mental – I did it again. I hit the mic again. Your so mental protection. Time. You will also find that um, doing something like that, like remotely recharging your wards, mm-hmm. um, becomes easier and easier, also.
0: Yeah. One good thing that we learned from that spells for change by Frankie Castanea is that you can attach your wards to a candle. Mm-hmm. In your house, and light the candle when you feel the words need to be recharged. Which is just what an like, aha s- moment. I know. I was like, "Wow, that's smart." I
1: was like, "Damn, that's a great idea." Jeez, just yeah. Because a- usually,
0: I sit down and I like imagine the words, and I'm like putting out my protective bubble, and I'm like sending all the energy. When it could just be lighting a damn candle.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> well, fresh perspective. See, see, sometimes you're brushing up on the basics and you, you learn something new. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: Do you do any kind of like we sprinkle powder
0: around the, around the house, just directly against the house Mm -hmm. uh, quarterly?
1: Do you do anything like that? I do use witch's salt, which I make, you know, I, I make it whenever I need to make it. And it's just a mixture of um, all natural sea salt um, the ashes and charcoal from my cauldron and incense burner um, and then a few extra ingredients that i like to throw in i uh, actually shared my recipe on the patreon mm-hmm. um i like those like I, I i love that you can create your own recipe depending upon your need um, but i do like to sprinkle witches salt so i have a whole ritual that always surrounds the new moon um, leading up to the new moon i like to do a full you know obviously i keep my house clean throughout the month but Right before the full moon, I like to do a deeper cleansing of the house. Uh, That's a mundane cleaning and, you know, like a a smoke cleansing. Mm -hmm. And then I will also refresh my protections and spread some witch's salt. I do want to start using eggshells more because I can't go outside with my witch's salt because it will destroy my beautiful plants and my soil. So Mm -hmm. um, I definitely want to do eggshells because not only is it great for protection – but it's actually not only safe for your garden, but it's actually pretty good for your garden. Yeah. Introducing that calcium in there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Plus, it's fun to crush them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like to make shit. Yeah. So the last thing I have on my list is reversals. Do you um, work with reversal magic? You know,
0: I actually have not really, except for like putting someone in a, in a, in between two mirrors, you know, and that's, okay. that's really the only time I've ever really done any reversal magic, which I don't even know if that's even considered that, but I think I'm, it is, it is.
1: It's definitely, I would put it under the category of reversal because reversal is a form of protection magic that is like a combination of offense and defense, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's less. It's, I guess it's more gray if peop- if that's if that's a way that people are comfortable yeah. having it explained to them. Um, I don't see there's a problem with it. I actually think the whole concept of putting someone in between two mirrors is, is great because it basically forces them to see what they're doing to others and mm-hmm. understand the kind of damage that they're doing and the harm that they're yeah. doing, which, man, that's a life lesson that we could all use sometimes. For sure. Well,
0: and also when I was a kid, I did do some – reversal magic, you know, I'm rubber and you're glue.
1: Mm -hmm. That is reversal magic. (laughs)
0: Yes. Whatever you
1: send to me bounces off of me and sticks to you. you. That is a reversal spell. If there ever Mm -hmm. was one. (laughs) Absolutely. Other forms of reversal magic that I use, and this is more defensive reversal, but I have a, um, Beautiful mirror that I bought for my altar. It stands up on the altar and it serves a couple purposes because, you know, mirrors are really useful in spirit contact. Um, Mm -hmm. I put offerings on my altar. I feel like it helps those offerings reach the spirits more easily. Um, But I also charge that mirror with reflecting anything that comes that is harmful or negative and unwanted. And I make sure that I keep that mirror clean and I clean it with a mixture of. Uh, moon water, Florida water, um, some herbs that I like to use, specifically agrimony. Agrimony is an amazing herb for not only protection, but sending things back to where they came from. Um, and I clean my mirror with that mixture whenever I feel like it needs to be cleaned and kind of recharge it to do, do its thing. Mm-hmm. I also have um, a pretty large selenite blade that I keep on my altar that also does protection just in a different way. And yeah, I will fire off a reversal candle some some new moons too if I feel like I I might need it, or an unc- uncrossing candle if I feel mm-hmm. like I I've kind of like stepped in something and I need to get it off, you know. Right. And uh, you know, everyone has to decide for themselves what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with. I find that most witches start off um, avoiding any sort of offensive magic, but then they eventually get more and more comfortable with it because it it's like life, you know you. Mm-hmm. Defend yourself when you need to be defended. If some, I, I always, I always compare it to, you know, somebody walks into a room and calls you an asshole. Do you just say, "Oh no, that's not good," or do you say, "What? You're an asshole?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a reversal for you. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I understand that some people might not be comfortable with it, and that's okay. You just have to decide mm-hmm. in the realm of protection magic where you're willing to go, what you're willing to do and build your practice from there. I don't know that I'm uncomfortable with it. I've just never really, I don't know if I've
0: never really thought to do it. I don't know.
1: Does your husband, um, I don't, just nodding (laughs) our heads. We just just (laughs) stared at each other in silence for (laughs) 10 seconds. Does
0: your husband, um, get weirded out when he finds, I don't know, like a jar of urine somewhere?
1: No, actually he thought it was really hilarious when I did, um, the, the four corners boundary, Um, he, okay. I just want to say that I did not go outside and squat in the four corners of my house. I used a jar. So when he Mm. saw me walking around with the jar, he was just like, um, okay, well, we're, we're doing this. We're doing that. And I had a, a pot holder on one hand and a jar of urine in the other hand, because the, I was, I set my, my railroad spikes on fire. So they were, they were hot. So I was walking around with a pot holder and a jar of urine and he just thought it was hilarious basically and went back to watching baseball or whatever he was watching at the time
0: that's funny yeah my husband just he's like all right here they go again (laughs) (laughs) it must be interesting being the husband of a witch
1: yeah and we have discussed it before. We, we still have to get around to it, but we, we were thinking of having them on with us one of these days just to answer questions um, mm-hmm. from the perspective of the the significant other of a, you know, spiritual, magical person, which, you know, whatever. Just we thought yeah. that would actually be pretty entertaining and, and probably hilarious. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I actually look forward to that. Um, it'll be a it'll be a good one. Okay, it will well, be a good one. I think we'll probably put out questions, though, you know, or ask oh, for yeah. people to give us questions for our
1: husbands. That would be that would be more fun for sure. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to add or do you think we uh, covered it? I think we covered it pretty well. I think so, too. I hope, I hope that beginner witch is out there. Um, I like to say beginner witch. I know that baby witch is a popular term and I know that witchling is a popular term. Um, whatever you want to call yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm down with it. Um, but I hope, you know, beginners out there found this really useful. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if you
0: have questions, uh, you're more than welcome to shoot them our way. We will happily
1: help you out. Absolutely, we will. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Wrap it up and tie it with a bow. Do we have any announcements we need to make? Or should we just jump into our card pull and spell? Uh, let's jump into our card pull. <laughs> All right. So I keep having this experience where I start shuffling the cards and I see a card that I want to pull. And then I'm like, I tell myself, don't do that. Do it for real. Just see what card you end up with. And then the card I want to pull comes up and it happened again. So this is the Lantern Oracle deck by Angelina Marabito, PhD, illustrated by Yuli Alejo. And it is spirit self. Be who you are. As You Are. And it's this really beautiful illustration of a young woman. Um, She has this electric blue hair that is half up and half down with some braids in the front. She looks like she's wearing a really cool, really cool witchy outfit. (laughs) And she's holding what looks like a golden apple that is giving off all this amazing light. And she's holding it in both of her hands and staring off into the distance. So I'm going to go ahead and read that spirit self. The maiden wanders in search of her spirit self, represented in the golden apple she holds. She does not recognize that she already has that which she seeks and continues to look longingly into the distance. To reach the place she desires upon the horizon cannot fulfill her. She will only, yet again, look longingly into another landscape in the distance. For her to authentically know, enjoy, and integrate any external achievement, she must first discover that she contains within all that she seeks. This is the same for us when we search outside of ourselves for a connection with the truth of who we are. Spirit self, also referred to as the higher self, vital force, true north, or spirit, is the inner light within that is never lost or extinguished. To live according to our own inner light is challenging. We need encouragement and acceptance to align with and embody our spirit self fully. As we develop into adults, the societal pressures to fit in, conform, and fulfill particular roles present obstacles to attuning to our spirit self. Therefore, we are prone to growing estranged from our spirit self. Feelings of self-alienation commonly ensue and further result in a sense of dissatisfaction and restlessness that can adversely affect all aspects of life. Choose to express yourself authentically in an important area of your life. Choosing you in this situation is likely to bring fulfillment and initiate the beginning of you doing the same in other areas of your life. This card also signals a time of significant change, achievement, and wonderment to come from living according to your light. The card heralds a readiness to end any tendency to overvalue external forms of power or influence. Hold this card in your heart as a reminder of your birthright to assert your truth and personal power. Your spirit self is always available to you and is worth prioritizing. The maiden's message is truest spirit self is the nourishing light that you seek. What a beautiful card. Yes. I love it. What
0: did you say that? What that deck was
1: the lantern Oracle deck by. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. It's that's the one you just recently got, right? Yeah. I got it pretty recently. It's, it's, It's so good. It's so
0: good. It's so good. (laughs) <laughs> I keep thinking about getting it, but now, now I kind of want it. All right. So I had a brain fart earlier and was like, oh, I was supposed to do a spell. Well, I did. I just was like. Um, this is actually not my spell. This is from The Hearth Witch's Compendium, uh, Magical and Natural Living for Every Day by Anna Franklin. This is one of my favorite books, hands down. It is amazing. Um, and this is a protection potion. Ooh." You're going to start with one pint of boiling water, a half teaspoon angelica. Okay, it's a half teaspoon of everything. I'm gonna say, so I don't have to say a half teaspoon a thousand. Good. Um, So one point, one one point, one pint boiling water, a half teaspoon each of angelica, chamomile, chamomile, if you if you will. Uh, dill, hyssop, lavender, rosemary, rowan berries crushed, St. John's wort, and vervain. You're going to pour the boiling water over the herbs and infuse, covered, for 20 minutes. Strain and use the solution to wipe around the doors and windows of your house or any other areas you feel need protecting.
1: Make it at the full moon and do not take it internally. Very nice. I like that. I might try it. And you just reminded me that I had protection correspondences.
0: Oh, nice. 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 That's right.
1: So how about I read the protection correspondences right quick and then we'll wrap this up and we'll leave everybody alone because we've been pestering them for a little while now. Okay. So (laughs) pester, pester, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is from the Complete Book of Correspondences by Llewellyn. Uh, it's one of my favorite correspondence books because it's got literally everything in it. It's 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 ridiculous. And I'm just going to so- jump around in here because I could be here for a long time reading all this. So, so protection. for The elements are all of them. Air, earth, fire, and water can all be protective. You can work with the elements uh, on protection magic anytime you want. Um, colors, um, very specifically, are black. Or white are amazing for protection but you could also do gold silver red which has that fiery warrior energy Mm -hmm. uh and yellow which is great because it's sun energy and happiness which you know really can protect Mm -hmm. you when you think of love and happiness not letting anything get it down yeah okay so some protective herbs agrimony one of my personal favorites angelica uh, basil carnations clovers, comfrey, daisy, dandelion, dill, fennel, fern, feverfew, foxglove, geranium, heather, honeysuckle, ivy, jasmine, lavender, lilac, lily, lily of the valley, marjoram, monkshood, pennyroyal, peony, periwinkle, primrose, raspberry, rue, snapdragon, solomon's seal, spearmint, sweet woodruff time, valerian, vervain, violet and yarrow. Um, there's a lot more here. There's also let me just go through real quick. Um, mandrake, wormwood, orris root, blessed thistle, black cohosh, bloodroot, burdock, cinquefoil, which is also referred to as five-finger grass, clove is very protective, colt's foot coriander, uh cumin, flax, High John, Ginseng, Whorehound, Lady Slipper, Sandalwood, Thistle. Moving on to gemstones and minerals. We've got Amber, Amethyst, Angelite, Apache Tears, Aquamarine, Aventurine, Calcite, Carnelian, Cat's Eye, uh, Chrysoprace, Citrine, Diamond, Emerald, Garnet, Hematite, Herkimer Diamond, Jade, Jasper, Jet, Kunzite, Lapidolite, Rachel's favorite, lodestone, malachite, obsidian, onyx, pyrite, petrified wood, pyrite, quartz, rose quartz, ruby, sard, sardonyx, serpentine, spinel, starolite, sunstone, tanzanite, tiger's eye, topaz, tourmaline, black in particular, or watermelon, turquoise, and zircon. Metals include brass, copper, gold, iron, lead, silver, steel, Items from the sea include coral, uh, mother of pearl, uh, pearl, sand dollars. I feel like shells and Shells particular. in general are extremely right. protective because yeah. you think of the creature that lives inside of it and the, the purpose yeah. it serves during that creature's life. Absolutely. Um, if you like to work with angels, Michael is the great protector for sure. Um, there is a very long list of gods and goddesses here. This is going to get long. Should I do it? I don't know. <laughs> is it real real long yeah it's real real long why
0: don't you pick cherry pick me some i don't know like every every fifth one
1: <laughs> <laughs> um let's do athena bast the kaliak diana hathor ishtar isis juno Quan yin minerva the morrigan sarasvati uh i think that was your card pool from a previous episode yeah Sekhmet, Venus, Anubis, Aries, the Dogda, Faunus, Ganesh, Horus, Loki, Lu, Mars, Neptune, oh. Thor, Vishnu. Okay, so for animals, we've got dogs, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, elephants, groundhogs, horses, um, against Ground em- Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, The jackal, the lion, the porcupine, protects your inner child. The tiger, the wolf, protects family. I also wanted to say the horse actually protects against abuse of power. That's a good one. Oh. Okay, so for birds, we have condor. Cool-ass bird, by the way. Crow. Yes. uh, Owl, of course. Quail, raven. Mythical creatures, we have the dragon. Of course, Uh, Cedar Trees, Protection While Dreaming, and that's it because that was a lot. (laughs) So if you don't find anything you can work with in that list, it's even longer if you get yourself a copy of Llewellyn's Complete Book of Correspondences. Oh, there's a whole other page. There's a whole other page.
0: (laughs) I find it interesting that Loki is on that
1: list. Same. Same same because he's a trickster correct yeah. yeah but i guess he would protect his his devo- devotees uh you know what maybe let me pull that back up and see why um oh he protects personal space okay
0: that's interesting that is interesting i think i'm gonna need to look more into that
1: yeah i would look more into that too just out of interest The the one thing i will say is this book while it gives extensive Correspondences. if you really want to get to the reasons for these correspondences you have to do research outside of the book most of the time for sure yeah
0: one sentence isn't really gonna
1: help you might tell you where to start to look though yeah it's a good jumping off point for sure and the tlt is gone that was perfect timing all right let's get the hell out of here (laughs) should i just start saying that from now on that might be my new ending (laughs) <laughs> yes, please.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye.
1: We'll see you next time. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Hearth and Hedge. On our website, thehearthandhedge.com, dot com, or you can email us at thehearthandhedge at gmail dot com. Our address is The Hearth and Hedge, P.O. Box 397, Cherry Hill, New Jersey 08003. We also have a Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com The Hearth and Hedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving us a review wherever you find your podcasts.